I am just going to put on this bathing suit and I'm just going to be proud of my body and I'm proud of what I've done and there's nothing I would change. I have this baby girl and that's what I wanted. And I look the way that I look. And if people need to judge, they will just have to get to judge for it. And I'm proud of doing that, but I also admit it was really, really hard for me. Hey everyone, Emily Abadi here, bringing you another installment of this week's special In Focus series on motherhood. Leading up to Mother's Day, I am chatting with six extraordinary women, some moms, some not, but each of them with a story to tell forever shaped by the women that came before them. Today for the show, I am chatting with Annie, Thor's daughter. She is CrossFit's two times fittest woman on earth. The Reebok-sponsored athlete is a new mom of a pandemic-born baby. In today's episode, we talk about all of it, from how she got into sport to what it was like when she found out that she was pregnant. We also chat about how Annie navigated critical feedback on her workouts during pregnancy, as well as her timeline to getting back into the swing of things after having her baby, Freya. She also shares the one thing that could make her pull back leading up to the CrossFit Games and give some seriously helpful advice to any other new mom struggling just to handle the day to day. I want to thank her sponsor Reebok so much for connecting us and they're doing something awesome. They are offering up one lucky hurdler, a pair of the new Nano X1, as well as a pair for a friend too. To enter for your chance to win, head on over in to Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show and make sure to send me a screen grab to hello at hurdle.us. I'll be choosing one lucky winner next Thursday, May 13th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Before we get into it today, I do want to just take a second to say thank you. I feel so much love from this community lately, and I hope that you are feeling it from my end as well. If you aren't a member yet, I would love for you to join the Secret Hurdlers Facebook group. There, there is so much love to go around, some really great conversations happening, people connecting from all over, not just the country, but the world. I'm telling you, it's a good time. Make sure you're following Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Annie Thor's daughter. She is the two-time fittest woman on earth, an avid CrossFit athlete. How you doing, Annie? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so excited. Uh, you may be, so you're in Iceland right now. Yes, I'm in Iceland right now. This is the farthest distance between like the person that I am recording with that I have been <laughs> to date. <laughs> really? How has it been in Iceland? What's going on over there for you? It's good. We're starting to see glimpse of summer, which is oh, amazing. Which is amazing. <laughs> no, it's like, it was so nice in town. So I'm at the summer house right now, my parents' summer house. And it was so nice weather in town. And then we were driving us two days ago. And we're driving in the sun. And my parents are like, oh, yeah, we just arrived at the summer house and it's snowing here. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and then we came and it was sunny. So like, we're working around it, like freezing still. 
But once we get the sun out and it's not wind, it's amazing. We it's actually amazing. trained outside today. Just like Frederick was shirtless and I was on a tank. I'm like, this does not happen very often. So we <laughs> we take in everything we can. <laughs> <laughs> we will love to hear it. The pandemic has been quite eventful for you as it has been for many, but for you specifically, because over the pandemic, you had a baby girl. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. So I actually got something done during this pandemic. A lot of people are like, oh, you don't count the time when COVID was going on and nobody was doing anything. I'm like, well, I was actually, I was doing something. I got something accomplished. (laughs) Well, before uh, we break into what life has been like with you, with your baby, what life was like while you were pregnant, I'd love it if you could give the Hurdle listeners a little bit of insight into how you got into sport. Yeah. So... I did gymnastics growing up. I was always active as a kid. And every time there was a challenge to do something, I would be the first one like, no, I can do it. I can do it. Let me. Uh, Having two older brothers, I got really, really competitive. And it was never a thing like they're boys and I'm a girl. So I can't do it because I'm a girl. That That wasn't a thing. If they could do something, I wanted to show that I could do it too. And that was just how I was raised. And then going into sports, I started gymnastics and did that for 10 years. And then when I started high school, I was like, okay, now I'm going to be serious about just my studies and knew that I was not going to the Olympics or anything in gymnastics. Um, I was getting quite tall and starting to like realize the dangers of gymnastics. So I stopped like daring to do a lot of things. And then your career in gymnastics is done. So I stopped and started doing dance and ballet and competing. I got into the dance academy here in Iceland in ballet. And then I started competing in just like these random fitness competitions in Iceland. We have like these weird sporting events where you like do a bunch of sit-ups and push-ups and jump over a box. And then you run and do bench press. And it's like all for time and you compete in this. And I started competing in these and started winning and thought it was really, really fun. It wasn't like fitting with ballet. And then I started doing pole vaulting and that was also amazing. Like, uh, became the Icelandic champion indoors and outdoors in pole vaulting a few years. And my plan was to go to Olympics in pole vaulting, but I was always competing in these random competitions at the same time. And then one of the random competitions I signed up for was CrossFit. That was 2009. And I won that competition and by winning it, it was like Iceland had a wild card at the CrossFit Games that year. By winning it, I got an invitation to compete at the CrossFit Games. And I was like, why not? Let's do that. I get to go to the USA and compete. And it just sounded intriguing to me. So I went with a very good friend of mine, a training partner, and my parents came with us and I was 19 years old. And... It was one of the coolest experiences I've I've gone through because it was nothing what I imagined it was going to be. I didn't really know what I was going into, but it was so difficult and yet so much fun because, yeah, I guess because I didn't know what I was going into. I was getting challenged in so many different, different ways. Like I said, I did ballet, I did pole vaulting, but I never felt like any of this stuff was enough. I always wanted mm. something. I felt like it was too much the same. 
And then getting to compete in CrossFit, it was all of a sudden everything I wanted. I was getting to run. I was getting to lift heavy weights. I was getting to do gymnastics and skill. And it was, I felt like I found my sport and I certainly did. And after competing there, I actually, I was in second place uh, going into the final event. And then we had this skill that I had never done before and I failed my muscle ups. I got my first one, but I didn't manage to finish. So that meant that I dropped on the leaderboard. But it was also something that just lit this fire in me. I found something that I couldn't just muscle my way through. I actually had to practice more and get better at it. And I decided to give CrossFit one more year. And here I am <laughs> more than 10 <laughs> years later, and I'm still giving CrossFit one more year. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so crazy to hear that story uh, and going into that competition with such a level of blind faith in yourself, because my first question to you was going to be if coming over from Iceland, when you got to that competition, if there were movements or things that were more popular over here that you hadn't been doing back at home. Yeah. So I only had two months to prepare for the CrossFit games and went to CrossFit gyms to get some help and saw some coaches, learned some Olympic weightlifting. Um, but I decided like the highest skills, I wasn't really going to get them. And I didn't expect them to have rings. Like I was in gymnastics, but rings are a male movement. So I somehow just didn't expect them to have that. So I didn't practice anything on that. So there was definitely, and there were more things that came up. Dave, he would like Dave Castro, he would say the workout. And then almost every single time me or my training partner, Sam Baron, we'd be like, sorry, wait, what is that movement? <laughs> and then it had like demonstrated and like talk us through it. So that was, that was kind of my experience, but it was also so cool because every single time it's like, yeah, no problem. I'll show you and I'll teach you. And my competitors and people in the audience and everyone were so helpful and fun. And it was, it was definitely different to other competitions I've been to. I'm so sure of it. Wow. So what a cool story, because as you said, you went back for your second time and then the rest is history. Something that goes hand in hand with your rise in CrossFit is also, uh, I'm sure, more and more people following along with you on social media. And so as you start to excel as an athlete, there are more eyes on you. I've heard you speak about this before. More eyes means more critical feedback. So as you are a woman excelling in your sport, you're super muscular. Talk to me about how you first started to navigate people having an opinion on the way that you looked. Well, that actually started, I didn't really have, when I won the first time, I didn't have social media. Like I obviously I had Facebook and I started my fan page on Facebook, but that was kind of the, the biggest platform that I had. But even 2010 and yeah, then 2011, every time the camera came on me and they were doing interviews, my English definitely was not perfect. But <laughs> I always got the question like, so, and how is it having so much muscle being a girl at this age and having so much muscle, like how is it at home? And the funny thing was, I had never really thought about it. I had never gotten the question here at home in Iceland. How is it to have that much muscle being a girl? But I got that question multiple occasions in the US and that question continued to rise up. And that got me thinking, how is it to be a girl having so much muscle? Like it had never been an issue for me or anything. Obviously, sometimes when I put on a dress and I was in high school and I had a six pack showing through, I was like, 
oh, that's different. Like, um, maybe I wish I wouldn't have that. But then a few minutes later, it's like, I don't care. It's my body and I worked really hard for it. And it is what it is. Like, I can't really, I, I was almost born with a six pack, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I can't really change it. It was something obviously, obviously I've had some, there's some things that I've wanted to change on my body. And I think yeah. every single woman has had that probably men as well, but I think we criticize our bodies and ourselves more than men do. So interesting um, to hear you say like, yeah, there was a point that I wish I didn't have that because you always kind of want, you know, the shoe from the other foot, right? Like you want the thing that you don't have. So, so many women would be like, wow, I would like slay for Annie's abs. And then there are times where you're <laughs> like, oh, I would slay like just for a minute, not for this to be so obvious. And then also, I mean, you brought up a really good point about American culture, which I would say hopefully with the body positivity movement is becoming more and more accepting of women of all shapes, of all sizes, um, of all backgrounds to come here. And this is the place that you get asked about that. That's such an interesting, yeah. an interesting point. No, absolutely. And I do feel like it's changed a little bit over the years. Mm. Um, and I guess also as you grow as a person, um, the more you start just being confident in your own skin. And that's something that I've, especially with the years, that's something that I want to try to be a role model to other women and young girls, just to be happy in their own skin, because it's, we have this one body and we're not going to, obviously we can mold it into what we want it to be. But what the most important thing is having energy to do the things that we want to do. It doesn't matter what we look like. And I think it's really important also to be open then about some of those things that you might have an issue with on yourself and kind of accepting it and being okay yeah. with telling other people about it. Like there are, like I said, it was, well, I was a teenager the six pack was bothering me. And I've had, like I said, there's obviously other things. It's like scars that you might get on your shins and scars that might get on my arms from things that I've done and my training and stuff. But now I feel like it's more a part of my journey. It's just a part of who I am. It's, it shows some of the hard work that I've put in and I'm proud of these things. And I think even more so after having Freya, it's gotten even more important to me to try to be showing that I am okay with the way that I look, even though I might sometimes not feel at my very, very best. And looking back at some of the videos where I see myself training, I'm like, oh my God. And I felt like I was soft at this time. I'm so fit. And it kind of makes you realize this distorted body image that we tend to have of ourselves. And I definitely caught myself, especially after giving birth. I obviously have not gained my body the same way as it was before, but I had a belly for a while and I still have some, like, I have extra skin. I got a really, really big belly. I had very often heard women say that, and my girlfriend say that they still hadn't gone to the swimming pool after they give, after they had their baby, because they didn't feel like they like their body enough for that. And I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, it's so silly because you did something incredible. And honestly, nobody's going to be looking at you, judging you for the way that you look. Yeah. It's only you that's going to be thinking those things. 
I also feel and wonder if right at first, did you feel as strong in this mentality? Because I'm sure that there were certainly, you know, weeks, months on end, especially when you couldn't train, that you were really going through the motions of navigating this new feeling and this new body and and maybe feeling some kind of way about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was so much harder than I expected it to be. Somehow while I was pregnant, your body was doing something. I had this belly for a reason and I had this baby in there and I didn't care that it was a huge belly and I didn't care about the comments. But after giving birth, I still had this belly and it was just like empty. And I've always had a very firm stomach. And even when I was pregnant, the stomach is really, really firm. But now I just had this like empty, sagging belly that was there for no reason. And it was Mm. really difficult for me mentally. And like you said, also just not being able to train. I got, I went real, I went through a really, really rough birth and I wasn't able to start doing anything uh, until at least six weeks passed. Then I was able to start sitting on a bike and doing a little something, but it's still, I am still recovering. I'm not fully recovered and we're closing in on nine months now and I'm still recovering. It's my baby steps and I'm treating this as an injury, but about three months after giving birth, two and a half, three months after giving birth, I had a photo shoot that I was doing with Katrin. Oh, goodness. Um, and I was like, that was rough for me. And we had to go to the swimming pool and do swimming together. And I'm like, and we're shooting this on video. And I didn't want to. And I caught myself being so embarrassed about the way that I looked. And then I was like, well, now it's time to step up and actually do what I tell other people to do. Like, how can I preach over my girlfriends and say those things to them? And then I can't live by them myself. Like I am just going to put on this bathing suit and I'm just going to be proud of my body and I'm proud of what I've done. And there's nothing I would change. I -hmm. had this baby girl and that's what I wanted. And I look the way that I look. And if people need to judge, they will just have to get to judge for it. And I'm proud of doing that, but I also admit it was really, really hard for me. I love something you said in that, which was, I'm treating this as an injury. I think that for so many women, just the comparison trap, the highlight reel, you feel like you're supposed to be somewhere at some kind of time because you've seen someone do it this way or that way. And it really is the same recovering from giving birth as it is from recovering some from some major injuries if not perhaps the the birth recovery could be an even longer period of time i mean everyone heals differently you know exactly yeah no that actually helped me a lot when i started thinking about it like that because i know that i can recover from injuries mm. i've had severe injuries before and i have recovered from them but this was so new to me and i was like i don't know how to treat this And then I started thinking about it that way. Like some people go through birth and they don't get a bad injury. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. And thinking about it and treating it that way, I felt like I was more in control again because I know that I can recover from an injury. So interesting. And and it was also, I mean, completely different subject matter, but I had a runner named Alexi Pappas on the show, and she went through a really difficult time uh, with depression. And she talks about depression as though it is a brain injury. And when she, as an athlete, thought of it in that way and understood that there were steps that she could take to 
work on that, to get better from that quote unquote injury, then she was in a much better place to deal with it going forward. That's really smart. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. For you as an athlete, I would love to rewind a little bit to when you found out you were pregnant. Did you have any anxiety that went hand in hand with finding out you were pregnant? Were you like ready to be pregnant? Like, where were you with that? I was really excited when I found out I was pregnant. It obviously, I knew that it was going to change my life a a lot. Um, I've always known that I wanted to have a family and it's been something that just gets postponed and postponed and postponed because my body is my work tool and who knows if I'm going to be able to compete again after being pregnant and giving birth and all of that. So it was something that I didn't feel like I was ready for, but as soon as I found out I was pregnant, it just felt right. Yeah. It wasn't, obviously it was, um, mixed feelings. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to tell my sponsors. I'm going to have to tell the whole world. Mm. Like everyone that's following me are going to see me go, go through this and who knows how my pregnancy is going to be. And I know that I'm going to get judged throughout this whole thing and knowing how to train through the whole thing. But I don't know. I have an incredible team around me. And every time there is a new challenge, I read everything there is about it and I gather the knowledge that I can and I make a plan. I'm a person that likes having plans and goals and that's just what I did. And it made it, it made it fun actually. And I, I luckily I felt really good throughout my pregnancy. It was only like a handful of times where I was like worried about my body changing so much and not knowing my body, but it was only like a handful of times where I looked in the mirror and I got like a little bit claustrophobic. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know my body. Like who, whose <laughs> boobs are these? And <laughs> what is up with this belly? <laughs> but oh my as soon as I started thinking about it, <laughs> it was really, really weird. There, you're like, these are, nope, thinking, yep, these are my boobs. That's, yep, yeah, this is all They're like me. on here, but... <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, I mean, for you, you mentioned you had a very healthy pregnancy. You were training throughout your pregnancy. Talk to us a little bit about what that was like for you and how you uh, started to learn how to modify what you had been doing previously. Because although, of course, lifting can be very great during a pregnancy, it's very different than it was beforehand. Absolutely. You had to... I guess I've gotten pretty good at listening to my body, but I had to listen to my body a little bit differently. And some Mm. of the doctors were like, yeah, just, we tell everyone just to continue doing what you used to do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know that I cannot (laughs) do what I used to do because what I used to do is every time you feel pain or you need to quit or give up, it's like, don't listen to your head. Just push a little bit harder because this is where you get better. But now Mm. it's like, no, no, listen to your body. If you feel like you're pushing too hard, then just slow it down a little bit. And I actually, I felt really good. There was like a certain uh, period where I didn't feel like squatting uh, with with too much load because I felt the ligaments. And then I just listened to that and I squatted to a box. And then a month later or so, I felt good again squatting. Like I just, I warmed up and actually like the ligaments and everything felt really good because you get this hormone release that makes everything like a little bit softer. But then I also listened to that and made sure that 
I was strong throughout the whole moment, so I wouldn't sprain anything. Um, and then I just, I trained a lot with a heart rate monitor and I did a mm. lot of zone two, zone three work, uh, just trying to focus on trying to increase my VO2 max. So that was something that I was like, oh, this I can actually improve on while I'm pregnant. So that's kind of exciting. I can get better at something while I'm pregnant. It was hard because there's a lot of women that reach out and ask about my training that like a lot of women that are pregnant and want to know what I did so that they can know what they did. But I actually think I had to take out more movements than a lot of women had to because I started getting coning quite early Mm. on. Uh, So that's like the abdominal separation. So I had to take out gymnastics really early. I was like, I am going to continue doing pull-ups, strict pull-ups throughout the whole thing whole pregnancy so that when the baby pops out, it's going to be so easy to do pull-ups because I'm going to be so much lighter. But that plan (laughs) went out the window. Taking a quick break from today's episode to give some love to my sponsor at Picky Bars. Now, I have tried, without a doubt, my fair share of performance fuel over the years, and I am amped about the taste and results of the Picky Bars product lineup. What started as a side project to fuel training miles by three pro athletes, including Lauren Fleshman, Stephanie Bruce, who you heard from on the show this week, as well as Jesse Thomas, is now an entire line of legitimate, nutritionally balanced real food options that I feel great about putting in my body. The product lineup of granola, pancakes, oatmeal, and original bars, so much good stuff here. It all tastes incredible and it's so good for you. They include a balanced carb, fat, and protein ratio for quick and sustained energy, real food ingredients, they're easily digestible, and they're also gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and GMO-free. Plus, they've got several vegan and nut-free options. Picky is offering Hurdle listeners 20% off their purchase of $25 or more at pickybars.com hurdle, which means that you can save while trying all of my favorites like their ready-to-rumble apple crumble, love that name, <laughs> granola, as well as, oh, this one I had yesterday, the mint condition bar. 10 out of 10 would recommend. They are also offering an additional 20% off if you try a new Picky Club membership. Again, that is pickybars.com, P-I-C-K-Y-B-A-R-S.com slash hurdle to get 20% off your order of over $25 or more today. So for you then, as you were training, were you sharing a lot of that journey with your followers on social media? Or did you feel at times a little hesitant to do that because of the unsolicited feedback? How did that go for you? At times, I felt a little bit hesitant about it. But I decided to share uh, most of the things that I did. I continued sharing because of the feedback that I got. It helped a lot of women. Um And I always said that you need to listen to what you can do. And obviously, if you've never trained before, don't start training once you get pregnant or start lifting weights once you get pregnant. But if you've been doing CrossFit, I, everything that I've read, all doctors that I talked to, everyone that I work with, they said, it's going to be better for you and the baby to continue moving. And I like fully honestly believe that Freya, my daughter, she was so strong when she was born 
over four kilos and she could hold her own head already. And like, she's the energy that she had. And we went through a really, really rough birth and just watching her heart rate throughout the whole thing. Like she was a rock star. Oh, so good to hear. So, I mean, you have your baby and you mentioned when you found out you were pregnant, like so many different emotions, one of them wondering like, what will my life be like after I have this baby? What will my athletic career look like after I have this baby? So for you now, I mean, we're not all that far removed, but how are you feeling about that? And where are your hopes in moving forward? Well, I am hoping that I am going to compete at the CrossFit Games and (laughs) it's been going significantly slower than I would have wanted it to go. And Mm -hmm. it goes, like you said, like it's hard when you look at social media and you see other people just like bouncing back so quickly. Um, And like we also said, you need to treat it as an injury. And my injury was pretty severe. So still taking a long time to recover. And there are still things that I'm not doing. I still have coning and abdominal separation during a lot of movements. And my pelvic floor is still healing up. But I've gotten better and stronger at a lot of other things. My conditioning is better than it's ever been before. And the Open went pretty good. Quarterfinals went pretty good. And I'm just getting ready for the next stage. I truly believe that I'm going to qualify for the CrossFit Games. However, I'm also not interested in competing at the CrossFit Games if I don't feel like I am competing for a top spot. I I want to be ready to push myself and be allowed to go as hard as I want to go. It's not fun to compete and be like, okay, but you need to listen to this and watch over that. I want to make sure that I'm fully recovered. I'm being really smart with everything that I'm doing now, and I'm going to continue to do so. And that's also one of the things that I make sure that I'm clear on when it comes to my social media, because it's, it's important for us to recover properly from giving birth, not pushing it, and then have it something that's over your head for the rest of your life. And I want to make sure that I heal and recover properly. And obviously, I got some negative comments of the things that I was doing when I was training. But the funny thing is most of those negative comments were from male. Hmm. They were saying that I shouldn't be doing what I was doing, that I was going to hurt my baby. And honestly, that's probably the hardest thing to hear because you would never do anything that would uh, potentially hurt the baby that you're growing. Um, But women were super happy. And the feedback I was getting from other women, just like, yes, Uh, that they had gone through their pregnancy, done the same thing and felt so much better. My body and my mind felt so much better being able to do all of that. And then it was really interesting after giving birth. And when I started training again, even though it was, it took me a long ass time and I was doing things really smart with my training, getting all the right help. Um, The only negative feedback I got was from women that felt like I was starting too early and that I was maybe saying that you have to get into shape so quickly after giving birth. I never said that. And honestly, it's never been about losing the belly that I have. I know that it's a lot of skin and my tissues are just recovering and it's never been about losing weight. It's been about becoming me again and the feeling I get when I get to exercise, the endorphins and the strength that I get when I get to lift weights and 
train is such a big part of who I am. And that was what was so important to me to get back to training. It's interesting for me to hear you talk about uh, the struggles that you are going through, many of them happening offline when it comes to your healing journey, the things that maybe aren't the things that people are quick to have an opinion on. Instead, they're like, oh, well, this is the low hanging fruit. So I see that she's doing this kettlebell swing and it's been not enough time by my standards, even though the doctors say it's fine. So I'm going to chime in here. I mean, I think so often what we hear from people is that if someone's going to come into your space and say something negative, oftentimes that that reflects on what they may be going through in their life and not necessarily what you are putting out into the world. Yeah, no, exactly. And I've, I've learned to push those things away and hoping that it's going to have a positive, positive influence on other people instead. And I do think so. And like you said, sometimes it's just people need to get their opinion or their outlet out every once in a while. And then that's fine. And I love what you said before about parts of your training are really succeeding right now, whereas like some of the other stuff might not be up to speed or up to where it was. So obviously you've adopted this growth mindset when it comes to what you're capable of. For someone who may not be as good as you are at flipping that script and finding the positives when things just feel like they're not going their way, what kind of advice do you have for them? Well, I think it's important to realize that everything just takes time to heal. And sometimes when you're not able to do one thing, it actually gives you an opportunity to work on something different and become so much better at that part. I just remember when I hurt my back, my upper body got so strong. Like when I hurt my knee, my upper body continued getting stronger and stronger. And my uh, strict gymnastics and my gymnastics portion became such a big part of what I was good at. And I learned, I learned how to adapt with it. And then being able to continue doing biking, I realized that I was still maintaining a lot of the strength that I had in my legs. It was still going to be there when I got to start training again. So I think it's, that's one of the biggest issues I see with people when they have an injury, they don't continue training and they get almost like a little bit depressed about it. And I like, believe me, I understand getting a little bit depressed over your injuries because it can be so hard to stay motivated when something's hurting and you want to go train and it's irritating watching other people do things that you want to be doing. But as long as you then write down some of the things that you can do and make like a structure of it, you can make a really, really difficult training session with strict upper body only. You can make a really difficult training session with push-ups. Like anything that you can work with, you're going to be able to develop a different type of strength in than that specific muscle group. And then once you're able to start training again, the strength is going to be there. So I try to look at it as opportunities. What do you do aside from training to take care of you? Because I am sure that taking care of your little one at times can feel a little bit taxing on you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, My me time is training. 
that's where my mind gets like an outlet when I get to go hard in a workout. That's why I said like, even though the only thing I could do in the beginning was spiking, you have no idea how good that biking felt. And I <laughs> continued biking and did almost biking only for over a month. And it was incredible. Every single time I would just put on a good audiobook or a good playlist or whatever that is, not think about any of the other issues that I might have and just get to follow my program and go hard for that session. And I think that's where even though it's taxing, that's where I get my mental break. And then my physical break I get when I'm playing with Freya or relaxing with Freya. Obviously, life has changed a lot. It used to be wake up around 8 o'clock usually in the morning and then go train, come home, eat, take a nap, train again, come home, maybe nap again or watch TV, take it easy, and then go to sleep when I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> now we wake up at six or six thirty if it's a good day and play with my daughter and take care of her and then we go to the gym and I train while she nests and we come home and it's the same thing feed her play with her stimulate her take her somewhere do something with her then I go and train again at least she's a great sleeper so I get to train twice a day still but at the end of the day, I am exhausted and we go to bed between nine and 10 o'clock, which is crazy to me because I am an evening person. I'm like, <laughs> I like my evenings, <laughs> but you work with what you got. You work with what you got. So now, uh, you know, a handful of months into motherhood, when you reflect on all of the advice that has been extended to you over this time, what would you say has been some of the best? I don't know. Some of the best ones is, I guess, listening to your instincts. Because I was worried that I wouldn't have that. And I was like, I need to know what to do. I haven't had any smaller siblings. I didn't really know how to hold a baby. I had never, I had never changed a diaper until I changed her diaper. <laughs> so there were a lot, a lot of firsts for me. And listening to your instinct and relax. Like the first, I'm not going to lie to you. The first week was a really, really, really rough week for me because I was so worried about her. I was so worried if she was breathing when she was asleep. So I honestly, I didn't sleep for five days after giving birth. I just did not sleep. So just calming down and Obviously, take care of your baby, but your baby is going to be okay, especially if you have if you have everything under control and you have, I even had like a snoozer monitor on her so I could see her breathing on my phone. But yet I was like, oh my gosh, she's making a sound. She's okay. <laughs> if the baby starts crying because she's hungry, it's fine if she doesn't get to eat for 10, 15 minutes, like she's going to survive. So it's like being overly stressed over things over for no reason. That was, I had to learn that the hard way. I feel like a lot of my girlfriends who are mothers now, that calmness is probably one of the biggest takeaways. It's that like, things are going to feel as though they are going wrong all the time. And if you get wrapped <laughs> up and worked up in that, then that's going to serve no one. So especially, you know, with the friends that have had two, three kids, like, 
just their demeanor is something that I envy and something that I take lessons from because I'm like, you need to chill. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. It's not going to be good for anyone. It's not going to be good for your husband and it's not going to be good for your baby if you're constantly stressed out over, over stuff that's going on. <laughs> so is there any other tip that you would give to a new mom that you wish that someone told you before you had your baby? Expect it just to be a really big change and be, I know that you're never going to be hundred percent ready for that. And people say that things are going to change, but it's going to change even more than you expect. So just kind of knowing that, but still knowing that the world is still out there and the world is still the same. I think that's important to think about as well, because you get stuck in this little bubble of yours where all you're doing is trying to sleep and feed and recover and getting used to the insane responsibility of a new human being that you love more than anything so that you're going to protect it with all you got and you get stuck thinking that this is just how your rest of your life is going to be or at least that happened to me so Going outside, as soon as you feel like you have the energy to go for walks outside, see friends, see family, I think is one of the most important things to do so that you see that the world is still out there and the normal (laughs) world is still out there. The normal world (laughs) is still out there. When you think about your values and the things that are really important to you, what is one of them that you're looking forward to passing along to your daughter? Family, I think is the most important, just, just the bond that you create with, with family. And I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to create that kind of bond with her, the same as I have with my parents and my brothers. We're really, really close. And I, I think that's the most important thing in the world to me. You have an opportunity to offer a piece of advice to the Annie that was going through that tough time right after having her baby. She couldn't train. She was feeling a little unsure. She didn't know what to do with this stomach, which was no longer firm because the baby was in the (laughs) world. You have an opportunity now to give her a piece of advice. What do you tell her? That everything's going to be okay. Just that everything is going to be fine. That's all I needed to hear at that time that I was going to become myself again. Like time heals all wounds. And it's so true. Just knowing that I would become myself again, because I felt like that might never happen. Annie, how do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they stay in the loop with you? Give me all of the details, Instagram, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Well, my Instagram, Annie Thorstutter, that's where I share pretty much everything of my life or a lot, most of the things from my life. (laughs) Um, And then some more things are mother of a daughter. That's where I share maybe a little bit more of me and Freya or my recovery, maybe some of the things that not everyone wants to see that are following on my own social media. And then I got Facebook, Annie Thorstetter as well. Beautiful. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. Bye.